it's Tuesday, October 6th, 2020, and you're listening to, uh, I don't know, some kind of episode of the Salvage Title Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Azalek, and I'm here to talk to you about car news, car culture, and car whatever. And uh, on today's episode, we're doing things a little more loosey-goosey, just because uh, I've got an opportunity to talk about uh, something that's on my mind uh, as I head home from work and am stuck in pretty bad traffic for West Michigan, all things considered. Uh, the weather is nice again for a moment, so it just seems like people are out and about, and weirdly enough, I don't normally get out at 5 o'clock, and here I am stuck in 5 o'clock traffic. So, getting just straight on into things, the Nissan Rogue, the 2021 Nissan Rogue has been driven by a number of outlets, by a number of people, uh, and it seems like things are pretty good when it comes to the new Rogue. Uh, when I use the words pretty good, you know, that's, that seems to be a Nissan thing. Uh, I've talked about, I think on the show, I know I've written about it online, that pretty good is actually very good for Nissan. You know, you look at what they've done, really, I'm going to be honest and just say all of their new car releases within the last three or three to five years have been pretty pretty impressive to say the least you know you had the kicks which i think was much better than what it needed to be we had the new ultima which is very very good there's the new versa and centra and now we've got the new rogue uh and it's a big release for nissan uh nissan was selling over 400,000 rogues just a few short years ago uh that number is still i think around 350 or 360,000 new crossovers a year um and i mean like outside of the Qashqai in europe uh the rogue is basically it for the brand on the whole uh, so this new one uh, is based on an all-new architecture. It uses uh, an all-new design language that's kind of been spearheaded by, um, I guess, the Leaf. Uh, the new Aria SUV uses a lot of the cues that's on this new Rogue. Uh, and I have to say that, you know, like I, I wrote about and talked about months ago when the car first debuted uh, in terms of, you know, auto show coverage and things like that, I think it is a very good-looking SUV. That's not to say that it's downright beautiful, like what you know Hyundai's done with the new, uh, or I keep wanting to say Santa Cruz, the new Santa Fe uh, and the new uh, Tucson. But uh, I think the Rogue just looks right for 2020, if that makes any level of sense. Like it's not overly sporty, it's not overly luxurious. It just looks like a thirty dollars to $40,000 crossover that's going to be comfortable and quiet and safe and good on gas and get your family from A to B. I think, you know, it, it is what it is. And I think the only thing I'm a little concerned about with this Rogue is the gulf in terms of price and content and trim levels. Uh, a couple of the reviewers um, had mentioned that, you know, they were they came away very impressed with the vehicle because they were driving platinum trim models uh the platinum trim is the new top trim model at nissan that goes above the sl trim which had formerly been the top model uh and you know platinum adds the quilted uh leather zero gravity seats that are heated and or ventilated that's got the big uh what is it like 10 and a half inch touchscreen on the dashboard um you know a true luxury vehicle in every sense of the word that doesn't necessarily have an infinity badge on it and 
all things considered, you know, a Platinum is going to ring you about 40-ish thousand dollars. And the question is, right now, I guess, are people going to be comfortable enough to pay $40,000 for a fully loaded Nissan Rogue? Um, there's still a lot of questions for Nissan, uh, in a large part due to their transmissions. Uh, their CVT group gearboxes aren't exactly known for being the most reliable out in the marketplace. Uh, they tend to give out, I would say, after about 100,000 miles, and they're pretty costly to repair. Um, Nissan has said that all of their new models uh, that have come out, I believe, from the Altima onward use the updated gearbox. Uh, I think it's in terms of both programming and mechanical bits, and they say that these are much more reliable and will last the lifetime of the car. Um, but, you know, a Nissan is a Nissan. It's not a Toyota. And, you know, I can expect the lifetime of a Toyota to be a half a million miles, you know, in some instances, uh, versus these Nissans where it sounds like, you know, you're going to be lucky to get 200,000 miles out of them, at least up until now. Uh, my hope would be that, you know, if you were someone who decided to spend $40,000 on a Rogue Platinum, that you do genu genuinely feel like you got $40,000 worth. And I think, at least based on the photos that I've seen, and at least based on the tests that people have, you know, written about, it does sound like Nissan is living up to their end of the deal, that you are getting a very comfortable, very quiet car for that $40,000. Now, the other part of that powertrain combo and that $40,000 sticker shock is that Nissan only has one powertrain available at the moment. Uh, it is an updated version of the 2.5 liter inline four-cylinder engine that's been around in some way, shape, or form since the, uh, what, the late 90s? I think the Sentra had it right around then. Uh, this newer version, I believe, gets some revised, uh, I don't remember if it was heads or what it is. It's just been tweaked just enough. Uh, they've eked a few extra miles per gallon out of this design. I think it's like up two in the city and highway, which, you know, puts it right around 30 on average, which, considering the size of the vehicle, is pretty good. Uh, the other thing about speaking of the size is that this Rogue is actually a little bit smaller than the outgoing one. Uh, it's a little bit shorter uh, in length, it's a little bit shorter in overall height, but I believe it's actually wider. So I think it's still going to be a very usable amount of space. I always found that the size of the current Rogue to be, at least proportionally, very weird. They're very long for no reason, and there's some bonuses in terms of cargo capacity and some legroom in the back, but they had like designed it to have a third row, but then the third row was basically useless, so then the third row went away. Um, I don't really think a third row is necessary in vehicles of this size and character, but you know, the Rogue is still going to be a little bit bigger than um, a CRV or a RAV4. It's going to be closer in size to like a, a Hyundai Santa Fe, and you know, I think really at day's end, the question is, like I asked, you know, several months ago, what's the best way to spend $40,000 for a near enough two-row SUV? Do you go with something like the Rogue? Do you go with something like the Santa Fe? Or do you go for something like a Toyota Venza? And it's really, I think, a matter of where your priorities at. That's kind of where my, my conclusion came to was that you know, I think if you're looking for something truly luxurious, looks futuristic, really gives the impression that, you know, you spent some money and you made a specific choice with it, you know, you get something like the Venza. The Venza, I think, is still the best one for around $40,000. Uh, 
you look at something that's going to be more comfortable, more quiet, you know, be a little bit more affordable, probably at day's end. I think the Rogue makes a very good case for itself. Um, but I think the best buy out of the three is still the Santa Fe. Uh, it's going on the new platform from the, um, from the uh, Sonata. It's getting some new engine options from a bunch of its uh, siblings within the Hyundai Kia Genesis lineup. Uh, it's getting a bunch of extra standard features. I mean, it has the majority of standard features that all of its competitors basically don't offer. I think the Venza is maybe the one that comes the closest in terms of like outright stuff, but you know, the Venza also costs almost $10,000 more to start. And you know, that's, that's not nothing, you know, I think by the end of the lifetime of the vehicle, the Venza is going to be worth a lot more and you're probably going to spend a lot less money keeping it on the road. Um, but up front, $10,000 is still $10,000. And, you know, getting back to the Rogue, and getting back to that price point, you know, $40,000 for a Platinum is a lot. I don't think it's an obscene amount of money, but it is a lot. Uh, but the, the Rogue, the baseline Rogue, the S trim model, the front-wheel drive S, still starts under $30,000. I think it's like twenty-seven or... No, sorry, it's right around twenty-seven. I think it's like 26-something. I might be getting my numbers mixed up a little bit with some number dyslexia. But, you know... Even at 27 or 28K, it's still a good value uh, for your money. And I think, you know, a lot of people in that basic trim model, which is going to be their volume seller for the most part, uh, are going to be pretty happy. Uh, the happy medium, I think, is definitely going to be the SV model. Uh, the SV comes with a lot more standard equipment. I think it's got like the heated seats, it's got the. Uh, um, the Pro Pilot Assist system, the updated Pro Pilot Assist system. Uh, it's got, you know, the bigger wheels and tires. It's going to look a little more flashy. Uh, I think that one's in the low mid 30s to start uh, without all wheel drive. I think adding all wheel drive, it puts it right around 35 grand. And I feel like that's a pretty square number these days uh, for these kinds of SUVs. Um, the other thing is that, you know, like I said, Pro Pilot Assist is standard, and Pro Pilot Assist is a very good uh, self drive, not self driving, what do you want to call it? Driving assistance package that, you know, if you're somebody who does commute a significant amount, uh, I think it's something that you're going to want to have. Um, it's a combination of the radar sensing, cruise control, the lane keep assist. Um, the top trim models can hook up to your navigation system and basically pre-plan curves and off-ramps and traffic somehow uh, to keep an eye on like how things are going. Um, but the base system, you know, if you, if you are really in the car a lot, I, I feel like it's going to be indispensable. Uh, back when I used to work for a New Holland Brewing Company, I was driving uh, on average about 60-ish miles a day, sometimes more, uh, in the car, and almost all of that was done on highways at freeway speeds, uh, you know, 70 plus miles an hour, and having that kind of system to, you know, relieve some stress, maybe is a good way to put it with the traffic that you'd sometimes have, would have been very nice, and you know, combining that with the zero gravity seats and, you know, with the nice materials that are on that upper half of the uh, car, I think would make for a pretty pleasant place to be uh, for long distance traveling, but you know, that's, I feel like is still, at least in the COVID times, uh, a pretty limited case scenario.
So, yeah, the Nissan Rogue. Uh, who knew that I would have however many minutes this has been to ramble about a mid-size crossover, or not even a mid-size crossover, I guess it's still technically a compact. Uh, I, I'm reflecting on a tweet that somebody had written the other day where I, I believe the gist of it was that nobody really cares about compact crossovers, or at least most of the people on car Twitter don't, and that's why it's kind of a blind spot for everyone. And you know, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, back in the day when I used to spend way too much time and energy on the GT Planet forums, uh, I used to be the person who talked ad nauseum about midsize sedans, and this is when the midsize sedans were the king of the automotive market. And you know. Midsize sedans are still probably my favorite segment of the automobile uh, landscape simply because, you know, it's still the most ubiquitous form of automobile. Uh, the Toyota Camry, the, the Honda Accord, the Hyundai Sonata, the Kia K5, you know, they're, they're the kings of the road in my brain still. But the numbers, of course, are, are saying otherwise, and I'm going to do my best to try to talk about these uh, compact and mid-size crossovers as fairly as possible. And, you know, one of these days when uh, things are a little more clear and it's a little more safe to go out and about and do stuff, uh, I'd, I need to go drive some of these things and see them up close, which it does sound like the Rogue will be at dealerships uh, pretty darn soon. Uh, so if uh, you're so inclined, I would definitely say it's probably worth checking out. You know, if you're shopping in this segment, man, what a wealth of choice to have. I, I can't think of a, a time in car shopping in general. Like, I just, maybe the early aughts was the last time that there's been a segment of vehicles this competitive ever. Um, you know, the midsize sedans obviously were a very competitive segment at that point in time. Uh, the smaller SUVs, think like a Blazer, Explorer, stuff like that, um, was a very competitive segment. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I can't fathom being a shopper and going, hey, I've got, you know, $35,000 to spend uh, and I want something with all-wheel drive. What do I do? Like limitless options basically at that price point and in you know that segment of vehicles it's just it's mind-bending yeah to say the least but uh anyway yeah that just about wraps up uh this episode of the salvage title podcast if you'd like to follow along with me and the weird car tweets where i talk about not only cars but croc shoes and the disproportionate uh, distribution of wealth uh in the united states uh you can do so by following me at twitter on twitter at twitter dot com slash y-s-s-m-a-n and uh you can also follow along with episodes of this podcast at anchor.fm slash salvage title uh we do make this podcast available basically on every podcasting platform so uh head on over to apple itunes google Podcasts, spotify uh stitcher pocket cast it's 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 there just type in salvage title uh and hit that subscribe button Anyway, guys, uh, assuming that there's some kind of car story to talk about in the next 24 to 48 hours, I'm sure there'll be another episode. Uh, but until then, drive safe, have a great week, and we will see you on the next episode of the Salvage Title Podcast.